our series uh, in uh, sort of entitled "This is How I Fight My Battles," and uh, it's a great uh, opportunity to look at this whole area where, actually, as as Christians, as people of God, we are uh, often in a battle. Jesus himself said that, that if you are a friend of mine, you are going to be an enemy of the world. And therefore, we're going to have enemies. Amen. Because we follow Jesus. Jesus had his enemies, and they were against him. Um, he triumphed over them, uh, and he triumphed over our enemies. But nevertheless, they are around. And we need to look at the Bible and see the techniques and, and what we need to do to uh, triumph and uh, to succeed. Uh, how I fight the battles. Um, and so we're just doing that as a series. And today we're going to look at um, probably the best known verses in the Bible. Which I always find it difficult to, to approach these ones because uh, you know, everyone knows them. So we're just going to look at Psalm 23. Oh, yeah. um, and I suspect, I mean, we'll, we'll have it up on the screen, but I suspect most of you can probably recite it all the way through. So um, we can look at one particular verse, but... My prayer is that actually you will get something fresh and new, even though you might know this psalm backwards. Actually, I don't know it backwards, but... Um, <laughs> no, I won't try that. Uh, but it, that actually, that God will speak to you about some, uh, some element of how we fight our battles. Okay, uh, so let's read that together. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd... I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet water. Say it together, yes. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I mean, it's, it's such a wonderful psalm, isn't it? It's a psalm that speaks of such confidence in God. It's what, uh, what we were sort of just in worship about really wasn't it the fact that God is present that God is is real mm. and um, and just a, an encouragement really for those that have, maybe you've just turned up here today and thinking what was it, what was all that about what was that worship about it was people having a confidence and love for God because he is real he's present and he uh, he is with us in our lives and this is a, a psalm that talks about that it talks about the reality of knowing God's provision, presence, love, uh, guidance in our lives on a day-to-day basis. And uh, it's not something to recite as a, as a, as a sort of uh, lucky charm, which you see in films. You know, if I recite the Lord's, uh, if I recite Psalm 23, then maybe something good might happen. No, no, it's a, it's a psalm that speaks of the reality of God in our lives Amen. for those who trust him and know him. And... Uh, and and it's a, it's a reality that we can all experience. Amen. 
So I particularly want to look at uh, verse 5, uh, which says there, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I want to just unpick what that verse is really trying to say to us. But before I go into that, I just want to uh, point something out, which I hadn't noticed. And, I, I, you know, uh, and maybe some of you that are far better biblical scholars than me would have spotted this, uh, about this, this whole uh, psalm. But uh, the first thing to say is that the verses 1 to 3 is talking about wonderful times of refreshing, of knowing God's presence, uh, um, of, uh, you know... Uh, leading beside quiet waters. We had a lovely walk yesterday where we walked to behi- beside a lake and it was green pasture. It was a lovely uh, green fields we walked through. And I can, I can picture that. It was a lovely time. Um, and we can all picture that and we can see a, a place of rest, enjoying the sunshine and um, experiencing just provision of God and, and all the stuff that, that you know, you'd enjoy. And, uh, and sometimes you think, well, why doesn't, why doesn't the psalm just end there? Mm. The first three verses, that's, that, I'd, I'd live like that. Yeah, uh, you know, guiding me in paths of righteousness, nice green, but, you know. But the psalm, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to put it, goes on in verse 4 and 5 to talk about the valley of the shadow of death and enemies. And, uh, and you think, I'd rather have stopped at three. Uh, but, of course, the reality is, is that those things exist. But what you notice in the psalm is that verses 1 to 3, David says, he is my shepherd, he leads me, he uh, takes me, he guides me. Okay, so it's the third person. When it comes to the more (coughs) dark place, it changes. And he changes it to you. Now many of you may have spotted that, I hadn't. And so David here is saying, actually, when it gets really difficult, when there are dark places, when I'm walking through the shadow, actually, what I experience is this, you are right with me. And he's, he's putting across this fact that actually, in the good times, so often we can enjoy the gifts of God, and we can enjoy his blessings, we can enjoy God as well, and that's right, we do, but actually, it's when we get into those difficult times... That actually all that matters is God himself. So what we need in those times is the presence of God himself. We want him there. And the promise of this psalm, and this is what David's experience is when he wrote this, is that actually you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table. You anoint my head with oil. So it's an interaction face to face with God. He's not some distant God that that is sort of shouting, it's all going to be okay. No, no, he's right there. And so David's experience is this. You can know in the midst of these difficulties, in the midst of of the shadow of death, in the midst of that valley, in the midst of the enemies surrounding you, I am there. You can speak to me face to face. You can know me preparing something right for you, right in front of your eyes, right there. And so the experience of the child of God in these times is to know their God personally. And we should expect that. We should expect when we're going through those difficult times. I know sometimes it's difficult to to sometimes sense the presence of God. 
And one of the one of the keys uh, that that we are, you know, something that I was talking about with my wife today is in the midst of those times, actually, we can be so much more attuned to our enemies than we can to God. And actually, He's there. He's promised He's there. We just somehow seem to so focus on the difficulties and the problems that the, the fact that God is right there, we can miss it. <coughs> and one of the, the techniques, one of the, the, the things that, that we, and, and again, this is what Jamie was talking about, about that faith, to say, actually, God, I'm going to reach out and touch you through faith because I know you're here because you promised it. I know you're there, and therefore I'm not going to focus so much on the, on the, the enemies and the, and the shadow. I'm going to focus on, actually, I'm going to be with you, Jesus, because you're here, you promised it, and I'm going to tune my thinking and my eyes onto you. And you know what? We, when we do that, we will find him. We will find him in that place, because he promises never to leave us or forsake us. So David here is, is encouraging us in those times when it's difficult and hard, we can know Jesus there right with us. He is the one that is looking after us. He is the one that has taken charge, if you like, of the situation <coughs> and is leading us and is comforting us and is preparing good things for us. So that's the, the first thing I want us to, to get from that. But what, what is this verse saying? What is verse 5 telling us? You prepare a table before me in the presence of of my enemies. So what is what is what is it what is this table? What is what is that referring to? Well in the Good News translation it puts it this way you prepare a banquet for me where all my enemies can see. So this table is not a rushed sandwich. It's not oh I'm in the middle of a war uh, I'm going to grab something and then get into the battle again. This isn't, uh, you know, this, this is a banquet. It is a spread. And the idea of this is not that you put, oh, I better grab something and run and start sorting the enemy out or whatever. No, no, no. What God is inviting us into in the midst of our enemies is to sit down in his house and enjoy a feast. Nothing less than that. This is not a hurried moment. This is a chance to relax, to sit down with Jesus, with something he has prepared, and to enjoy a feast. That's incredible. And in your head, it doesn't make sense. The enemy's all around. How can I possibly do that? And Jesus says, you need to see that actually I'm sitting at this table. And as long as I'm sitting at this table, those enemies are utterly powerless. So you can just enjoy this feast. You can enjoy everything I've prepared for you. So come. Come and sit down. <laughs> come and enjoy the feast. And uh, that's wonderful. That's just... Glorious, and and that's that's his invitation to us yeah. to enjoy that feast. Not rushing, not looking over your shoulder, <laughs> relaxed <laughs> with Jesus. <laughs> glorious, and <laughs> and the other thing which which. Uh, 
we need a note from this is it says there the table you prepared for me yes. you prepared for me Amen. Jesus knows you that may have not hopefully not surprised you he knows what you are like he knows exactly what you need he knows what delights you what, what you enjoy See, this table isn't simply to get you through, or, you know, a bit of sustenance, there's a bit of, um, I don't know what, what some of these, these bodybuilders take. It looks disgusting, the stuff that they take, <laughs> just to build up their body so they're strong. Uh, my son takes this, they used to anyway. And I'm thinking, why are you eating this stuff? It looks horrible. Uh, I'm sure it does you good and everything like that. But actually, this isn't about that. This isn't about just getting us through. It's about enjoying a feast of wonderful food. Now, um, and you can imagine that, that, that actually some of the things that I would enjoy you would be different to you. Yeah. And, and vice versa. So uh, when it comes to food, uh, you know, I, we, we, um, we, we put on meals for our, our children and our, uh, when they have their birthdays. So they've all left home now, but, you know, we would invite them and one thing we would do is that when it's their birthday, um, we would say, what do you want to eat? We will cook you your favourite meal. Amen. Uh, now, most of the time, that's a, that's a roast. So kids like it. Uh, it's roast lamb, in fact. Uh, I know some of you don't even know that roast lamb, but that's one of my favourites. Uh, our daughter-in-law, however, she's quite strange. Um, <laughs> I don't really understand it, but her favourite is roast pork. I'm thinking, pork? Really? You want lamb? But no. So when she comes for her birthday, we're all a bit fed up, but never mind. <laughs> she gets roast pork, because that's what she wants. That's what she enjoys. And so that's what we give, we, we give her. Uh, and that's how Jesus works with us. When we come and sit at this table, we will be provided with that which would be for our enjoyment. It's specific. He knows what you need. He knows what you're like. He knows what you enjoy. And he will provide that for you. That's what this verse is saying. You think, surely that's not true. Yes, of course it's true. It's what the Bible says. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. A table. You see... We so often have this mentality that we just need to get on with stuff and, uh, and do our duty and do stuff. And actually, God wants us to rest yes. and enjoy him Amen. at every moment. You see, we can have the idea, okay, I'm in a really difficult time at the moment. Right, let's get this over and done with. Let's get this, uh, I'll battle through this time. And when this time is over, I can then start thinking about enjoying God again or being in his presence or whatever. No, no, that's not the way it works. God says in the middle of this, when your enemies are surrounding you, come to me and enjoy a feast. Sit back with me at this table. I'm going to prepare something you're going to really Enjoy. You're going to have such provision, such life. And it's, I'm, I'm going to take time over it. Amen. I'm, I'm, I've, I've prepared this for I've thought about it. I know what you like. Here it is. Come and enjoy it with me. Come and enjoy it with me. So what are the enemies that might surround us? Well... 
there can be all sorts of things. We know uh, it can be thoughts, it could be fears, it can be circumstances that come against us, it can be uh, little things, or it can be big things. It can be all sorts, anything that comes and tries to steal <coughs> and rob us of our joy and our hope, that comes to uh, doubt and, and give, give uh, uh, um, um, sort of a, a feel of being overwhelmed um, and anything that comes to oppress us that we feel forced down by and we look in and, and, our, and our outlook is dull anything like that is a work of the enemy because he wants to rob you of life he wants to rob you of joy he wants to rob you of hope he wants to rob you of these things. That's, that's, that's his aim. He doesn't like Christians who are happy. He really doesn't. He doesn't like joyful Christians. He doesn't like what happened this morning. Thankfully, because God was here, he had no chance to do anything. He was looking on and thinking, I wish I could do something, but I can't. But that's what he'll try and do. And he'll often do that individually. He'll break people away and, and take them off into a little corner and says, oh, you're not so clever now, are you? Look at all the bad things that are happening. These are all things that crowd in on our minds and, uh, and, and rob us of our joy. And that's, those are the enemies that try and surround us. And it could be physical stuff. It could be circumstances. It could be sicknesses. All sorts of things the enemy throws at us. And in those times, in those times, with those things going on, in the middle of that, God says, come. Amen. I've got a feast for you. Amen. I've got a table prepared for you. And so often it's simply we have to open our eyes to what God is doing. And to believe that actually if he said it in his word, he will do it. But there is a table. When I'm surrounded by my enemies, there is a table prepared for me that I can go to and sit at. Not for five minutes, not for a couple of minutes, but for a long time where I can enjoy what God has prepared for me. And it's that I have faith to say, yeah, do you know what? I believe you, God. I'm going to find that table. I'm going to go to your table and I'm going to enjoy it. We can do that. As God has promised. What we need to avoid doing, and I've done this many times, when it's all crushing in on you, when it's all coming, you know, and things are pressing in and there's lots of things, circumstances are going, and is you think, do you know what? I've got to prepare my own table. I've got to do something. Amen. I've got. I, I, I need to get out of this. Amen. I need to go and prepare something for myself. That's right. Do you know what? We don't know ourselves very well. Right. God knows us so much better. Amen. He knows exactly what would, would give for our joy. We think we know. Yes. We think. Do you know? If I go in here, if I, if I run away for a bit, if I hide in a corner, if I disappear, that'll make things work much better. Tell you what, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I'll do. If I go shopping, mm. shopping's all right. But actually, if it's a way out of trying to get out of it, yeah. 
if it, it, there's all sorts of things we do. We, 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 some, some people um, want to eat, some people want to drink, some people want to do all sorts of these things. Now, on their own, they're fine. But actually, if they are a way of us preparing our own table to get us out of the, of the pressure we're feeling, it's not going to do us any good. It's not going to help us. And, uh, and we all do it. Don't, you know, I, I, I've tried to, I think James used the term, self-medicate, to try and sort this out, to try and, try and help myself in a pressure time. And it doesn't do any good because we don't know what we need and we haven't got the power to do anything about it anyway. Yeah. And so we, we run away and we do this thing and then we come back and things haven't changed and we're still feeling the pressure and, and, and it just goes round in a, in a circle that doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't help. It's like eating rubbish food when there's a table yeah. prepared for us. Anything we prepare for ourselves will be rubbish food. Yeah will be rubbish food. Because God has prepared something wonderful. Because he knows us. He knows exactly what we need. What will enliven us. What will give us. It says in Isaiah 55, 1 and 2, very again, verses you know, Come, all you are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Amen. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and labour on what is, does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good Beautiful. and you will delight in the richest affair. Yes. That's Jesus' promise to us. He, you will delight. When we come to him, when we're thirsty, when we're surrounded by the enemy, when we come to him, we will delight Beautiful. in the richest affair. That's his promise. He's not skimping he doesn't think, well, you haven't really done very well. I'm going to just uh, do a little side salad for you. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't behaved very well, so that's all you're going to get. No. It's not how God treats us, thankfully. Thank you, Jesus, you don't treat me that way. Amen. That's all I'd be eating most of the time. <laughs> salad's, salad's all right. That's why it's no, sorry, right, but just that, isn't it? But no, he doesn't. He says, come. I know you've been through a tough time. You're going through a difficult time. And yeah, you may have messed up a few times, but I've still got a feast for you. Beautiful. I still love you. You're still Amen. my child. Amen. I still pro- want to provide for you. Amen. Amen. And so he just, he just invites us and says, come and you will delight in the richest affair. Come in those difficult times, in those moments, and delight in me. I just want to... I was just thinking that. I was having a chat with, um, with Katrina about yesterday on our wonderful walk with the green pastors and everything. So, how has this actually been real, real to us? Now, she, uh, anybody who's uh, uh, been with us, my wife is very much better at understanding and analysing things uh, and putting them down. So, when she, she's a very good teacher. And she is able to see what's going on and translate it into how that works. Okay, so she said, "Oh, what about these?" And so she got, we went through two or three instances in our uh, time where we were experiencing. Um, I've got to find them now. I did write them down. <coughs> I do listen to her sometimes. Yeah. So. When have we experienced this for ourselves? When, when, what's the reality of it? Now, uh, so we, we just wrote down a few times 
where we felt, you know, looking back, actually there was a real closing in of the enemy. There was something going on. Um, so one of those times, I'm going to go into in tremendous detail, but um, before Jamie and Rochelle came to the church, uh, there was some really difficult things that were going on, not personally in our own lives, and uh, 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 the lives of our, of our family, but also in the life of the church, some, some major, big pastoral issues going on. And they were really crowding in, and we were struggling as a couple. We were on our own, Richard had left. And, uh, and, and I remember that, I was thinking about, I remember the time, how difficult that was. And we were surrounded by enemies at the time, and I, I didn't really put my finger on it at the time. And and we went away to a conference. There was a, a church conference going on, and uh, I, I must say, I didn't really feel that I wanted to go, but at that place, God met us. There was a feast prepared for us there, and, and um, we were prayed for. We didn't, we didn't share everything, but we were prayed for. And through that moment as well, there was a real eye-opening about our relationship between myself and my wife. This, for us, was... Um, a, a moment where we suddenly realised that God had built something strong with each other. Amen. Now, for us, that's what we needed to know. Now, yes. for other people, I'm just saying that as a personal thing. For other people, as, as I say, God's feast would be completely different. And yet for us, there was a sudden realisation of what God had built in us, that we together, through his strength, were able to get through this. And such assurance and confidence came at that point that we were going to get through this, that it was a feast for us. Now, I didn't, at the time, and I was just looking back thinking, do you know what? That was, wasn't it? That was a feast we God prepared in the midst of enemies. And, uh, and so, yeah, we were able to, uh, you know, just come back strengthened and fortified. It was a, a time out God had planned for us. We'd, we'd planned the conference months in advance. But in the midst of the enemy, we had a feast prepared for us. And that was wonderful. Another time, um, and again I shared this a few uh, days back, when things were, again were pressing in on our family, we'd, we'd had problems with our car. It happens, obviously, it's obviously passed that on to our children, problems with cars, but anyway, never mind, hopefully that doesn't last very long. Uh, and uh, all sorts, and a few other bits and pieces coming on. And then there was a moment when I was driving in the car and God spoke to me. And he came to me and, and I had this wonderful car journey. It wasn't very long, but actually, at the end of it, I was full of hope and of expectation that good things were coming. I'd had a feast. Now, that was only 15 minutes in the car. Mm-hmm. But I'd had a feast. Um, I didn't come out of the car thinking, oh, I can just about survive. I've had a morsel. No, no, I got out of the car (coughs) restored, refreshed. Because that's what God does. Just another time. uh, um, When... uh, What was going on? Yeah, just... uh, We we went through a few times. I remember one time... um, Again, we'd moved into our new house. A few, a whole load of things went wrong, um, as you know sometimes happens. And, and we'd had a, a, a terrible thing going outside our house. We'd had uh, we had a burglary in the house, and then um, and then <coughs> roof leaked. I mean, did little things, but suddenly, and, and I'm sure you'll know that, that uh, they all start building up, and suddenly you're surrounded. You're thinking we're under such pressure here. Yeah. We had young kids, and. Um, and, and so, you know, and, and we were just surrounded by this sort of stuff going on, all sorts of bits and pieces. And then, 
uh, we just claimed on the insurance. Oh, well, blow it. We just have to claim on the insurance, sort, sort this out. The insurance money came for the, re- the leaky roof, um, paid for the repairs, all the repairs, and there was enough money to replace what had been stolen. Yeah. And you think, God, such provision. That was a bit left over as well. And in the midst of what was going on, suddenly God came good. Amen. He provided for us in the midst of the enemies. And, uh, and do you know what? I, I, I didn't link at the time, I must be honest with you, uh, more spiritual people than I would have linked that to this verse. But actually, he did. And he does. Time and time again. He isn't just your, I'll get you through this. He is lavish. He blesses. He overflows with good things for us. Beautiful. And that's what he wants you to experience Amen. as a child of God. He wants you to know that. And it's a promise. Yes. This isn't made up. This is what David spoke about. It's what he experienced, what I've experienced, what many people here have already experienced. It's for you, child of God, to know that in the midst of your enemies, to know the wonderful provision of God for you. Wonderful. Sometimes it's simply a case of having our eyes opened to see what God's doing, to see the provision of God. My, one of my favourite passages in the Bible is uh, when um, the servant of Elisha goes out of his house and sees the army of the Arameans. They've come and they've surrounded Elisha to capture him. And the servant goes out and says, Oh no, this is terrible. And, and, uh, and you, many of you know the story. Uh, and, uh, and so he's, he's trying, Elisha, what do we do? What do we do? The enemies are surrounding us. And Elisha, and I can, I, just, I can just imagine Elisha sitting on his chair thinking, here we go again. <laughs> Lord, open his eyes. And of course, when, when he says that, the servant sees uh, the armies of heaven surrounding him. And it's such a wonderful picture. And yet so often we have our eyes shut, don't we? All we see is the enemy. And I, you know, I've got sympathy for this servant guy, because that's me. I see, that's what you see. You see the problems, you see the issues. And Elisha, in his relationship with God, has eyes that see far greater. He has the eyes of faith. And in that moment, Elisha, Elisha didn't need to see them physically. He knew they were there. He knew they were there. He knew he was surrounded by the armies of heaven. And, but he just was gracious to his servant and says, let him see, let him see what's going on. And we need the eye of faith. Beautiful. We need the eye of faith Hallelujah. that says, do you know what? I can see my enemies, but do you know what? I can see that table. Amen. I can see Jesus sitting at it, mm. and I'm going to sit there with him, and I'm going to enjoy that. Amen. And with our eyes open, we can go to that table any time we feel that pressure, that, provi- that, that sense of pressing in, that sense of, uh, of foreboding, if you like, whatever it might be, and say, no, 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 I'm not going to give in to that, I'm not going to run away, I'm not going to self-medicate, I'm not going to sort myself out, I am going to go to the table that's prepared for me, and I'm going to sit with Jesus and enjoy a feast. 
And that is our decision. We can do that with the eye of faith we can see it. And our faith level says, do you know what? If Jesus says it's true, it's true. There is a table for me. There's a table prepared that I'm going to enjoy, that is going to refresh me, that I'm going to, I'm, it's going to fortify me, and it's going to send me on my way with hope and with joy and with triumph. And that's what God does. He is the one that does it for us. He has promised it, and he will do it. Let's just, uh, let's just stand together. I'm going to pray for you guys.